everyone, and welcome back to your weekly Stadia podcast. The Sounds of Stadia podcast for episode number 148, rounding up all of your Stadia and cloud gaming news right here on youtube.com forward slash Games or up there in the digital clouds on your podcast preference of choice. This week, you join myself alongside my beautiful co-hosts as we dive into the world of cloud gaming, bringing you a fantastic show talking about... Brand new AAA exclusive, confirmed and coming to Google Stadia, some Ubisoft cancellations, new games and much, much more. But before we do get into all that, don't forget to give the video a like, subscribe and hit that bell so you're kept in the loop with all of the amazing content we bring you here at Hades Cloud Games, such as our first looks, our live streams with you, the wonderful community out there, our Let's Play series... And our special Cloud Quest topical sideshow where we go off the beaten path and branch out into the world of cloud gaming to discuss a different type of topic. Plus, our weekly PlayStation show where we round up all of the PlayStation news for your listening or viewing pleasure on all of the same channels. And of course, shout out to all of our wonderful Helix heroes out there, the fantastic 50 plus members who support the channel and us too, that little bit more and bringing you better quality content. As I said, great show lined up, but I couldn't do it without my lovely co-host, the man of many pixels... Joins me once again. Hello, Richie. Hello. I noticed when you're doing the intro, you hesitate before you said Stadia. It's because we've just come off the back of recording then talking the PS. You had to think for a moment about what show you're about to record. I you? did. <laughs> and then thought to myself, do I start right from the top again and just go again? But I powered through it and then you'll notice there's quite a smirk on my face and I'm looking at you <laughs> on the screen next to me thinking, he knows that I know that you know that I know. Yeah. But yes, and he knows I'm going to totally call him out on this. I did. Welcome to the Sounds of Stadia podcast, ladies and gentlemen, uh, where we talk about Stadia and only Stadia, because we don't do multiple shows in one day, which sometimes confuses the hell out of us. Uh, similar to a lot of the topics we're going to cover in today's show. Um, we're we're here, though. We're free podcasts back to back at the moment. So. Yeah. For your, for your listening of you in pleasure, of course. This is why we do it. This is why we do it. We're here. It's Saturday, Richie. The summer is still here. It's not as warm, thankfully. We won't complain about the weather this this uh, this particular show. I know we've done it for two weeks in a row. But we're here to talk about video games. So, best off, what have you been playing this week in the world of Stadia? Did you finally check out Blood Dragon? I did. What are your um, first initial I actually, thoughts? I, I'd actually played Blood Dragon before, I think, last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. It's good. But if you've um, listened, if, you'll find out in talking the PS tomorrow. After last week's talking the PS, when I was debate, I was debating whether I wanted to jump in up to God of War or Ghost of Tsushima. I went with, I've ended up going with Ghost of Tsushima, and Blood Dragon's just way out the window. You, you sir, have commitment issues. Do you know that? Well, I started playing it, and then better things came along. That's, told you, that, that's exactly <laughs> the same problem commi- commitment issues there's a beautiful game there and you go back to one of the old flames uh, it goes to assume of course undoubtedly a great game um, Blood Dragon what did you think of the 80s neon aesthetic in the opening intro it's awesome it is awesome generally the settings settings amazing it is um, I do need to ask as well in terms of uh, Stadia related games Blood Dragon aside have you checked out Centipede Recharged yet no I haven't you have not. You are missing I, out. You're missing out. Is that out. good? It's it's just really fun. Um, I I jumped in a little. I I played a little bit initially. Um, when it first launched, I was a bit busy playing other things and doing other things with work and such, and I didn't really get into it. But then I went back to it with my Razer Kishi, and I must have put about two or so hours in. And it's one of those. We know the Atari games have that high score kind of nature to them. And I went back in and I was like, I have to crack the top 10 of, of people out there. Like, I just have to do it. So I kept chipping away, chipping away on the um, recharge mode. So I'm just going to boot it up now and have a look at where I'm at. Because I, I think it might have been Simon, one of our listeners, viewers out there, who I think was just above me. And I was like, I need to beat Simon. I need to get up there. There's the sound kicking in. I'm going to use touch controls to, to find out where I'm at. Let's have a look. Leaderboards, leaderboards. Classic. No, I've started a game. That was the wrong button I needed to press. Um, touch touchscreen controls work pretty well, I think, for as far as the games go. Have you done much touchscreen controls recently? Uh, no, i pretty much against them. You're against um, them? <laughs> I, I just don't think they, feel, they don't feel good. Um, if it's like a direct touch sort of thing, like on things like um, Humankind, 
touch controls can work quite well. Games that are designed to be touch controls. Yeah. But if a game's designed for mouse and keyboard or controller, emulating that is just it's universally poor in my experience. Universally poor. Right, I'm just I can't find the leaderboard without dying, so I've booted up a game just because I need to I need to throw the gauntlet down there and see who who out there. I actually need to throw the gauntlet down to you, Richie, to see if yeah. you can beat my high score. So I'm just waiting for a I'm waiting for a spider to show up so I can commit suicide in this game. Probably the lowest score I've ever had. Um, but yeah, it's just arcade, pure fun and joy. Like you don't need to mess around too much with it at all. You don't spend too much time for there. You go, I'm dead. Don't need to spend too I'm much time focusing on it, but. You play that. This is what the podcast is about, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this week, so you, can, in, you apparently you can play with just your mouse. So in my local friends list, so I am currently eighth on my friend list. Uh, the Admiral is above me. Brian Chappelle from the Nerf, Nerf Report is above me. I'm in eighth. Mister Ten Thirty is below me, and ninth, and Mister Vaca out there in the world, the Stadia world out there. I am ranked ninety eighth. So I'm just in the top one hundred, just above Death Alive. Um, as the other person I can see, 98th out so there. When you were playing, were you using um, a controller? I was using the Razer Kishi. Oh. Because, it, again, this um, game lends itself perfectly to a little mobile mobile couple of games here and there. Five minutes, ten minutes, you got the time, you can jump in. Based on what I'm playing right now, I would highly recommend just using the mouse. Interesting. Interesting take, yeah. It might be a little bit quicker. I did actually well, appreciate it, playing it and it? having the, the screen really close to my face. I thought that would give me like a honed-in focus. Um, I'm waiting to see what your score is because I don't think you get anywhere near me. I don't know. I'm doing quite well here. Yeah, I you think. say that. You say that, what? and then it, it cranks it up its difficulty. Right. What what sort of score are we looking at? Oh, I forgot now. I've just closed it. I'm like currently 30... on about 8,000. 32,910 is my high score. All right. I, I reckon I can beat that. No, I don't think you can. I think you might with a couple of tries, but live on the show, you will not beat me as I continue to talk about what else we've been doing. Yeah. Uh, you keep playing, uh, yeah, you keep playing. Diffi- that's the extra difficulty. I'm, no, I'm no, you keep playing. I won't try and distract you at all. Bang! What's that? Oh, no, watch out, Richie. Left, right. <laughs> Left, right. Well, the distraction is literally I'm recording a podcast. I mean, so yeah, I'm that'll go. To... So can Richie beat my score live now, folks? We'll have to say. But if you do want to tune in for more amazing content, we do have weekly live streams up with you, the wonderful community out there. This past week, myself and Richie, 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 distracting yeah, him again, uh, dove into Worms WMD, our uh, delayed live stream from the week prior. Mm. Uh, we jumped it. You died, didn't you? I did. What was your score? 12,620. <laughs> you need to triple that, boy. You need to triple that. Those are rookie numbers. I, d- I don't think that's bad for a first it, It's not. It's not. It's it's still piss poor, though. Anyway, Worms WMD, Richie. We did slightly better on Worms WMD. Uh, we jumped in. We played some good, fun games. Uh, there's plenty of laughs to be had. Um, it ended in a draw. I think we agreed, right? We both won one apiece. And, yeah. Well, uh, te- technically, you suicided. For the laughs. So I did it for the lols. Yeah. But did we get a con- concrete donkey? You'll have to tune in to find out. You will indeed. That's available now. And, of course, my first look at Stray, also known as the cat game out there, which is incredibly doing the rounds, very popular at the moment. Uh, I did our first ever channel look at a PlayStation Cloud game. So we've wanted to do that for some time, but we needed to need to get my hands on an Elgato capture card, hook up my PS5 and do that. So it is fully cloud game streamed, because that's, that's kind of our mantra on this channel. Um, if it's cloud gaming, we'll, we'll play it. Um, we won't be doing anything console-related just yet, although we do have the capacity to do it now, but stay true to the channel's name for now. Um, so go check that one out. Uh, it's, they're, they're both under one hour. Um, plenty of fun to be had. And in between all that, we also had CloudQuest went live for our Helix Heroes out there. You get that up to six days early. Uh, Richie, we're going to go away, record this week off the back of some Ubisoft news, but we won't reveal what the topic is just yet because we'll get through the actual topics of the news before we, we dive into that. Um, so shout out to our Helix Heroes, shout out to our members, and thank you to everyone who watches along and supports us at home, uh, even though sometimes we just mess around and play video games in the middle of a podcast. Richie, we'll, uh, we will get to the news eventually. If he'll introduce us to the... The Super Sexy Special Stadia Story Segment, a.k.a. The News. The news. I went a bit early ahead of you there. Yeah, I hesitated because I was trying to think of where I can send the peas or something in there. Just, I was thinking the right. same thing. How can I get sorely scored, sorry centipede score, yeah. something like that. Either way, our alliteration is clearly not up to scratch. Uh, but... Busy week this week, and uh, what a great show we've got lined off. Kicking things off with the biggest story of the the week, possibly even the year, Richie. If you are a football soccer fan out there, 
you're going to enjoy this bit. If you're not, probably fast forward ahead to the second story of the week. Time stamps are in the description. I, I think even if you're not a football or soccer fan, this is big news for Stadia. Oh, undoubtedly big news. However, when we get into the nitty-gritty of sports games, I know it, it turns a lot yeah. of people off. But we want to turn you on here at Sound of Stadia. So skip ahead if FIFA's not your bag, because FIFA 23 has had its official <laughs> reveal trailer uh, dropping. <laughs> and we had some teasers, we had some expectations. It was uh, Stadia was listed earlier in the week on the EA website it was then picked up as part of a uh, description somewhere and then we finally got the reveal trailer and it was actually Stadia themselves retweeted the date for the the reveal trailer which would have been a big big old uh, shot in the foot if it turned out that they retweeted the FIFA news and FIFA wasn't coming but we can confirm courtesy of the reveal trailer uh, and the ongoing pre-order bonuses and stuff that have now gone live in the Stadia store. That is right. FIFA 23 is confirmed and coming to Google Stadia, which means, Richie, September 30th, we will have FIFA 23, Saints Row, and we'll be a month away, uh, two months away, sorry, from Skull and Bones. So that is three AAA games coming to Google Stadia by the end of 2020. And that's not all, because no doubt there's some more reveals in the pipeline that we don't know about. Fingers crossed, maybe, hopefully, um, to add to Rainbow Six Extraction, which we got right at the beginning of the year. So, you know what? I think we've turned a bit of a corner, Richie. FIFA 23 was probably one of the big, I think, a few it episodes a- in a row. We've, we've self-admittedly said if it doesn't, if Stadia doesn't get this year's FIFA, it's, it's a big blow for probably our hopes for the platform. Yeah, it's kind of one of them litmus test games. Like, you've got the last two. FIFA 21 didn't come out day and date, but platform was brand new would kind of give you a pass 22 came out day and date and then out of that initial five game EA deal we've now had five games and nothing else has been formally announced Mm -hmm. till now well that's it this is broke the Phil Harrison curse that was that when he came out on video and said we've made a deal with EA to bring five games across to the Google Stadia platform well that curse has been broken because this is the sixth game from EA to come across which means my hopes are now reignited for Jedi Fallen Order 2 early next year yeah. and anything else can really happen like i you i really want to know what happens well i mean we never will know but what happens behind the scenes for is this ea money is this google money does one party involved understand actually how big fifa is and how important this is for the platform we know they did crossplay testing back end of last year with uh, sorry earlier this year with the last fifa iteration of course this is the officially final licensed FIFA game, so is something happening along the lines of EA want to make sure they've got money in the bank when they lose the FIFA license and maybe Google said, hey, we'll give you some money if you keep putting on our platform, and EA went well, yeah, we're not going to have the FIFA money, so we'll never know we'll never know, but I think it can't be stressed how important this is for the platform, obviously it's a big shame that the prior uh, sports iterations haven't came, we lost out on Formula 1, NBA, it doesn't appear to be coming from, from 2K we don't know what else is in the pipeline, but you know what? Landing FIFA, which is arguably or probably statistically the best, biggest sports franchise game on the planet, the world sport, football, soccer after all, this is huge. This is huge, Get Yeah. And to what makes it even huger is that it's confirmed that this is the next-gen version because for the um, cross-play stuff, PS4 and Xbox One are segmented off to the self because of different um, gameplay mechanics, which I think is probably related to hype promotion too. Yep. Um, Stadia is in with PS5 and the Xbox Series and PC. And PC, which again we knew with the hype promotion stuff was the the next gen version on FIFA 22. But yes, there's a there's a little grid that was put out with crossplay mode, so we should stress that this game some of the some of the features that are coming with it is. Finally, cross-play, which means, yes, if the Stadia player base isn't that large, it should be alleviated somewhat because you'll be bracketed in with PS5, Xbox, PC as well. This is kind of what I've been saying for almost three years now. I think FIFA is a perfect Stadia game because we know people who the only game they buy is FIFA, so they'll Mm -hmm. buy every console generation, they'll spend the money on a box to put another TV so they can play FIFA every year. If FIFA co- now FIFA is on Stadia, as long as they keep it coming, and it is continues to have crossplay with the current gen consoles, they don't need the box anymore. Especially now, when you're modern TVs, you probably literally with say you buy a new LG TV, buy a controller, buy FIFA, and you're good. Mm-hmm. Like, you're good this to go. is what 
this is kind of what the platform should be about making it very easy to play games like this yeah and that's that's kind of what we've both reiterated like i i've bought all versions of fifa i will be buying fifa day one on stadia as my preferred platform because i love playing on a razor kishi i don't mind playing on the tv from time to time but the type of fifa player i am having it portable on the go is an absolute win for me and no other platform can offer me that right now so if you are out there and you are just a fifa player why would you spend hundreds of pounds on a a new next-gen console when you could save the money have the game on any device you already own. If you've got a smart TV, if you've got a Chromecast, if you've got that, I, it's a no-brainer. And I hope, hope to the high heavens that they market the shit out of this. Like if they, if this comes and goes, and we don't see Stadia adverts or promotion or billboards or whatever, like if there's ever an opportunity for them to go big this year with some of the budget, it's this game. Saints Row, not so much. Um, Avatar, no, well, we'll get to Avatar. Uh, Skull and Bones, not so much. Extraction, not some Ubisoft, 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 but this is the one outlier for me which has the biggest audience pull potential. Well, yeah, so out of curiosity, I just did a quick eBay search for a Stadia controller, and first listing I found for £18.99, you can get the Stadia Premier Edition um, with the Chromecast Ultra. £18.99. Yeah, so that is the entry price to get to buy the new FIFA. So you do, you get that, you pay the money for the game, you go. I mean, oh, yeah. if we're totally honest, your entry price could be your old DualShock lying around and your existing laptop or PC. There isn't a barrier. Yeah. That's what we keep saying, there isn't a barrier. And now if oh, you, yeah. I, if your old excuse was, well, I, I play with my friends on PlayStation or something, well, it's cross-play now. Yeah. The, so, um, I was working on the assumption that you have a TV, you have no controllers. Yeah. You have no control over anything. Yeah. So... But more of the features that are coming in this iteration of FIFA. Of course, this is the last FIFA we'll ever see um, because the FIFA license has dropped. We'll now have EA Sports FC. EA Sports, EA Football FC. I forgot what it was called already. Terrible convention. But that's coming next year, no doubt. Um, FIFA has, as I said, cross-play. It's also got updates to its traditional ultra mode, its Volta mode, its FUT rivals, and all of the other kind of online stuff that they've got as well. Um, with this particular iteration of the game, it's going to come with uh, Hypermotion 2, as Richie alluded to, the sequel to last year's Hypermotion feature, which is where they put a bunch of bobble dots on uh, real-world players and they record the whole game in mocap and it, it get, gets better dynamics and physics and, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, they'll overhaul some bits in career mode and um, transfers and stuff, as they usually do every year, to tweak it that little bit more. Um, they've introduced uh, introduced more... Um, female counterparts, uh, more leagues, I believe, as well. And Sa- Chelsea's Sam Kerr is also gracing the cover, the first female to grace the cover of FIFA. Not that we have a cover on uh, Stadia, of course, but you'll see the art artwork on the store screen. Um, again, making football more accessible to more people is always a win in my books. And then the kind of biggest part, Richie, I guess, that makes this one stand out a little bit different is the Qatar World Cup will also officially be featured as this game. So coming later on this year, December 2022, this year's World Cup kicks off in Qatar, one of the hottest parts of the world, and will be, I guess, out in beer gardens come December in the cold, the cold dead of December, watching football with our mates. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's actually two World Cups going to be featured in this game. So EA making the use of that FIFA license while they still have it. Rinse rinse it dry, get every every last thing out of it. Because, um, yeah, traditionally we normally get a World Cup game separate, or we have in the past anyway. We get like a little mid iteration just focused on the World Cup tournament. Um, I have very fond memories of the 2002 Korea and Japan game on PlayStation 2, purely because um, when the players ran really fast, it gave them speed lines behind them. Oh, and God. when you shot, the ball had like a power fire strip behind it. If it was like an overly powered shot, more like Mario Strikers, it, almost, almost. And one of the things I always remember was there was uh, the two mascots um, for the competition. There was um, there was like a ten minute cartoon animation um, where they played something called it was Fire Hot Spot or something. And basically, it was a normal game of football played out there but the managers could actually launch spots underneath the pitch which the players would get sucked into so the manager had to be really tactful of how to go and it was me and my brother used to love it it was uh, a great little cartoon to watch but yeah you know you know when um, I think the first ever FIFA game I played I don't know why this came to mind it's because oh, you were talking about the international ones um, the first ever FIFA game I played I 
I bet you people in the, in the comments wouldn't be able to guess this if they tried, was FIFA International Soccer on the Panasonic 3DO interactive multiplayer. Wow. I can't even picture what that would look like. Oh, it looked garbage. Like, it wasn't a good console and it was massively overpriced, but I, I had a 3DO. Um, I'm probably the only one of the only free people in the world who ever had one. Is that why I, I, wish I, still ha- I wish I still had it. Because they're probably worth quite a bit. How much are they on eBay? See if is it more expensive to play FIFA International Soccer on the 3DO than it is Google Stadia right now? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Undoubtedly, (laughs) undoubtedly, yes. Um, But how times have changed. You can now play the next gen version of FIFA 23 later this year, September 3rd, when it drops on Google Stadia, PlayStation 5, Series X, and S, PC, together with crossplay, new features. And I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, again, it's a it's a big, it's a big get for EA. Like I said, it breaks that curse. We've got more games coming, and it's another AAA title in the in the bank for the back end of this year. Which again, it's it's lifting all the news that we get about these new games. Funnily enough, we say it time and time again on the show: games breed positivity and confidence, and big games bring even more with them because they are big games. So here we are in July, and we can actually look forward to three AAA games. For the back end of this year, Richie, is your street going crazy right now? I feel like I can hear your dogs. I can hear you. Yeah, things. not not too uh, much. Don't panic. But it, what's it going is, on out there? Um, there's a dog barking. There's children playing outside. I live in a busy street. There's a lot going on. It's what? Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's nothing I can do about it. So you could go and shout at them. I you, could. You could do, be that old man waving a stick, shouting at a dog in the garden. Is probably not going <laughs> to help anything. It it probably won't. It probably won't. Um, but. Big story, big AAA games, and we've got more AAA news following on the back of FIFA. Um, Some not so good, unfortunately. Uh, We'll move over to the world of Ubisoft, where Avatar Frontiers of Pandora was expected for the back end of this year, 2022, in line with the sequel to the highest-grossing movie of all time, Avatar. The Way of Water is due out later in December, and we always anticipated, even though Ubisoft never gave an official date, um, that this game was going to come in line with the movie. It's actually been delayed. So Ubisoft had their shareholder financial reporting thing as they do every every quarter or every half or whatever it is. And um, the game will now launch in financial year 2023 to 24, which means we'll now actually see this game at the earliest, 1st of yeah. April, or it'll be the end of March 2024. So a bit of a window shift. Uh, not in line with the the movie release, and uh, President and CEO of Ubisoft, Yves Mont, has came out and actually said that they want to make the game better, um, which is why it needs a bit more time, and they're not reliant on the movie tie-in to help that out. So we do know uh, Avatar is going to be a first-person, Far Cry-esque inspired dive into the world of Pandora and alongside the Navi. But um, it's one of those AAA games which we were just talking about, FIFA and Skull and Bones and Saints Row. This would have been the fourth AAA game we would have been expecting to see on Stadia this year. But it's been pushed back a little bit, uh, which actually, ironically enough, confirms Stadia will be around in 2024, potentially. So that we'll could take, we can take a win there. Um, it lives. It lives in tw- into 2024. But, uh, and so that means we might see the first non-FIFA game alongside many other titles but uh avatar it's it's an interesting one because it's ubisoft diving into a a, a well-known ip with a bunch of movies coming out for tie-in so it will inevitably help with marketing promotion and push um it kind of has me feeling a bit positive that they've actively said it's not beholden to a time with the movie which is probably better from the game's point of view right yeah um i think its own thing yeah, movie tie-in games come with a lot of baggage, for especially anyone who grew up gaming in the like, 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. where a movie tie-in game would just be this cheap, thrown-together thing to just... Unless it's the Lord of the Rings ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they work quite well, but that's more the exception rather than the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, this is clearly going to be its own thing. We don't know whether it'll be canon with the films yet. I don't really think it matters if it is or not, but the, I mean, the films is obviously going to help. It's going, it's mind share. It's going to put in people's minds. Mm-hmm. But we know it's, there's going to be a trilogy of films, so this not being missing the release window for the first move, the first movie in this trilogy, doesn't really matter because it'll probably come out between movie one and two. 
So yeah. Well, we've not we've it, not seen anything to show that it's not it's not focusing yeah. on like Jake Sully or Sigourney Weaver's character from the first movie. So, and we know this new trilogy is part of the quadrilogy. We don't know how connected that is to it all yet. So, I actually, think this being standalone, like again, it's a whole it's a whole planet of Pandora. So it doesn't have to be any connection whatsoever, other than the creatures yeah. in the world. Um, it does obviously show in the gameplay reveal stuff that it's got the the human factor, the army coming in and, and harassing the the locals. As it were, so it's going to have combat and stuff. As I said, it's first person, so it reminds me of Far Cry Primal in a way with the the crossbows and the, probably the the right. basic weapons. But you don't know. At one point, you might switch over and play as the humans in some kind yeah, of counterpart. We talk a bit in depth and um, tomorrow and talk on the PS. So I don't want to delve too deep here. Um, but I hope it's not just Far Cry with a, with a Pandora skin over us. I mm-hmm. think it needs to feel like its own game. Yeah, it certainly does, for the sake of Ubisoft. But it's it's been delayed, which is one of the... It's actually not the worst news to come out of the Ubisoft uh, earnings reports uh, and press conferences this week. But, uh, yes, there's uh, plenty of movies that are going to take us through till 2028, at least. But in terms of Ubisoft, this one's been pushed back. That means another AAA game stacked, potentially, for next year uh, coming to Google Stadia. So we'll keep our eyes on for that one. And as we always say on the channel, delay the game. A delayed game is always better, to quote... Uh, Miyamoto? Yes, Miyamoto. Miyamoto. Cool. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, However, there was some other news to follow on the back of it, and that is that Ghost Recon Frontline, which was the free-to-play, 100-player Battle Royale, Tom Clancy-inspired title uh, that that was announced last year in line with a bunch of other Ubisoft announcements from the Tom Clancy world, uh, is no more, unfortunately. So we bring you the news today that the Stadia inbound title uh, is no longer coming, so that's a, another loss, unfortunately, for the... Well, not only for the Google Stadia, it's every platform. This game can absolutely no longer existed, Richie. So, we, we again, we discussed this in Talking the PS with Rob. That goes live tomorrow, our weekly PlayStation show. Um, however, to get into it here, the impact, I guess, on Stadia that's different to PlayStation is that this is a AAA free-to-play game that we would have had otherwise, and it's, it's no longer coming. So, bit of a loss, but... When you and me first looked at the reveal and the way the general consensus from the public was towards the trailer, this game wasn't received well to begin with, and Ubisoft have maybe read the tea leaves a little bit on this one and thought, let's scrap this project before it costs us too much money. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I I mean, for, it just did absolutely nothing for me conceptually, and I think sometimes when you get that tag of free-to-play, Mm-hmm. It immediately gets people going. Oh God, what what's this going to be about? Especially when Ubisoft have been like have linked themselves with things like NFTs and other controversial monetization strategies. Like free to play can be a very loaded term. So because when something's free to play, the assumption is everyone's going to go. Oh, it's going to be full of loot boxes, season passes, and all sorts of stuff to try and milk me. For money, no, but milk, yeah. they're using using strategies where you end up paying probably over a hundred pounds for a get for a game rather mm-hmm. than sixty up front. Yeah, um, so interesting. Ubisoft are not exactly having a good reputation at the moment. So, yeah, completely right. And I think the biggest pushback they had was Tom Clancy fans just really getting fed up of Tom Clancy's name being plastered to anything, any and every project to do with military shooters, and getting away from the reality. Tom Clancy's novels were that they were novels they were story they told a story in a military world and these games just tend to just be whatever they want to be and they just slap his name over it and uh, yeah poorly reviewed initial trailer i think it had one of the most dislikes before youtube got rid of the dislike uh, option and um yeah free to play like you said it just comes with that stigmatism of well we've seen hyperscape what happened with hyperscape that got canned after less than a year and uh, we know, yeah, Ubisoft are going through some stuff. Skull and Bones at the moment isn't being previewed that well. There's a bunch of other titles in the works that have uh, that still aren't well received. X Defiant is one that hasn't been cancelled. That's still coming to Google Stadia. But again, I think your even yours and my opinion of X Defiant looked average at best, or yeah, nothing it just new. Looked like, it looked like a Call of Duty um, clone with like the saturation turned up. Yeah, they see some fancy colours, and um, I think back to Ghost Recon, I think it's just a bit lost for what it is as a franchise. Breakpoint wasn't received very well, annoyingly, off the back of Wildlands, which was received very very well. It almost feels like if they could go back in time and just commit more to Wildlands, that would have been a better approach. So, Breakpoint fail, this fail. 
I feel like Breakpoint though it was largely a case of we just people just preferred Wildlands rather than this being a bad game. Mm. Yeah, it was again Ubisoft copy and paste job where it felt like more of the same but in a less fun environment because yeah, the, the I think it was Columbia for Wildlands was just such a such a world open a open world map of just fun and chaos that it, it worked really well. Uh, so that was one. We've got unfortunately the loss of uh, Ghost Recon Frontline on Stadia and and every other platform. So no more Battle Royale, hundred play, hundred player, free to play, gone. Um, on top of that, they also announced that a Splinter Cell VR game was cancelled, but that that has no impact on this particular show or platform. Um, and also two unannounced games were also cancelled. So we could only we can only speculate, but that would be of course two games potentially coming to Google Stadia that have now been canned. Whether they be free to play or what, we'll, we'll never. I mean, we'll probably find out at some point. Let's face it; the, the news will leak at some stage. Um, but off the back of that, of course, Ubisoft could have some wins later on the year with the final release of Skull and Bones. We've also got the Assassin's Creed mini game that was uh, spin, spun off from the Valhalla DLC that's featuring Basim and a more story-focused scope. We hope. And um, they have a Switch exclusive Mario and Rabbids coming in October, which undoubtedly will sell gangbuster numbers because it's got mario in and it's on switch which is sold like 100 million devices right now so there is some wins in the pipeline for ubisoft and of course as stadia players we should keep our eyes peeled for the free-to-play division spin-off heartlands which was due out last summer 2021 now we don't really know when that is but it's got to be far along enough richie that they've decided not to not to sack off this one and I guess we'll probably yeah. see Heartlands by the end of the year, maybe. Yeah, we've got a forward coming soon, so we do. I'm guessing. I'm guessing it'll be there. Yeah, I feel like it might. Would you show it off at Gamescom the month before, back end of August, or would you hold it off for your forward? Because I'm, I'm always, I'm in that um, phase now. Where I'm thinking, if I was Ubisoft, what would I actually want to show off at Gamescom, where maybe more people are watching it than just your own standalone Ubisoft forward? And I think Heartlands, where they've been free to play, might be wanting to get out there early and just be like, look, here it is. But all the good stuff's kept for our own forward, like the good, good stuff. Yeah, uh, despite like the Division being one of like Ubisoft's strongest franchises at the moment, I don't know how much it would like kind of pop so much in, in terms of a press conference. Mm-hmm. It feels like a mid-conference drop rather than a front or, front or back one. Yeah. Where despite... Where Avatar, which is what I was assuming that was going to be the big thing that the focus on, now yeah. being delayed, you suddenly have that gap. So, and it really depends what else they've got. I mean, they've cancelled what four games this week. Yep, four games. Uh, and we, yeah, we've said um, plenty of times about Ubisoft's leadership and and the way they're going. But again, we talk about it a bit more in depth on talking the PS. But I think we should we should credit them where credit's due that. The fact that they're taking the brave step to cancel four projects shows that actually leadership might be starting to take notes and thinking, like, why are we pissing money away on these free-to-play projects that are not going to garner what we want? They're not going to land like Apex did. They're not going to hit Fortnite numbers. Should we keep investing these, or do we need to pivot into something else? And when they look at their portfolio, we've said time and time again, Assassin's Creed, single-player, story-driven narrative is one of their best-selling games ever. Far Cry, single-player, story-narrative best one of their best selling games it's clearly something the irony the market's well looking for and yet they spend with, billions on free to play tom clancy knockoff spin off things yeah i think the irony with ubisoft is their best selling games are all are largely single player story story driven games yet these games come under criticism usually for stuff that actually detracts people from actually playing the story so that ever increasing open world full of bland content mm-hmm. that they always seem to throw in every Assassin's Creed game and every Far Cry. That's the stuff that they get criticism for in their games, but they don't seem that sometimes it feels like they don't learn the lessons. As long as they're selling, they'll just keep churning it off the production line. Yeah. Well, they do make um, money. And like you've given yeah. on has said this week that during the financial report, even though they've cancelled these four games, they're still on track to turn 400 operating profit. So like they're making yeah. millions and millions and millions still. So maybe they streamline the business. Um, we're going to talk about it actually on CloudQuest that now we've got this news out the way. But all these Ubisoft changes and cancellations, 
does it have a bigger impact on Ubisoft being potentially bought out and what impact that might have on Google Stadia with them being very well known as the best supporter of the platform? So we'll talk about that in CloudQuest, of course. Yeah. Our our Helix heroes, the members of the channel, you get that. It's actually available now if you're watching the show on yeah. Monday. It's available for you right now as a member. Um, if you want to support us a little bit more, 99p gets you that content early. You also get some exclusive stickers and badges, Stadia controllers next to your name in the chat when we go live on live streams. Um, so yeah, we'd appreciate it. I know hundreds of you watch along at home and stuff, and me and Richie and, and our other panel members are, genuinely take lots of time. I was up till 2 o'clock in the morning gathering trailers and videos for this show and, and getting the thumbnails ready. So that's how I spend my Friday nights now. So if you can spare that 99p, throw it our way, and it just uh, helps us improve by microphones, by new cameras. And a special event we've got lined up for later on this year as well. Might, help, might also help Rob keep his uh, audio panelling on his wall. It will. Watch out for that tomorrow on Talking the PS. Yes, he can't even afford glue to stick to his wall. It sounds like we're begging now. Anyway, uh, thank you to our Helix heroes out there. Um, we'll throw that investment back into the channel as we always have done. Uh, but back to Ubisoft, we should also point out that the Splinter Cell remake is still very much on the cards. That's coming in probably a few years' time. Star Wars, the Star Wars game is still being worked on by the Division team as well. That's probably the one I've got the most hopes for because I think if you're taking the Star Wars IP... And you've got the team that made The Division, which is one of Ubisoft's most recent successful games. So much so that the fans actually want more Division, um, which is why I don't think Heartlands has been cancelled. And um, yeah, Beyond Good and Evil is somewhere off. Skull and Bones will be what it will be when it shows up. Um, But then final piece of story to come out of all this Ubisoft news is that uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising is apparently no longer getting a sequel. However, it is getting a a spin-off in the form of a Hawaiian Polynesian theme um, following on the back of it so Immortals Phoenix Rising one of my uh, favorite games of 2020 something a little bit different with a Zelda um, Breath of the Wild inspired art style bit of comedy dabbled in there following similar mechanics to Assassin's Creed and, and other Ubisoft titles had a great laugh platinum the shit out of that game played all the DLC and um, I would love a sequel However, it looks like we're getting a spin-off instead, focusing on a Polynesian-style thing. Similar narration with a god talking over it, so obviously it won't be Zeus this time. Uh, he flicked too hard, damn it, and uh, he's no longer in the game. Uh, so while Ubisoft is revisiting the Phoenix Rising universe, it looks like it might take it in a different direction. Uh, Richie, you dabbled in Immortals Phoenix Rising, but you never fully committed to it. Would you prefer a sequel or a spin-off based on what you played? Um. Well... I enjoyed the game, but I found it just, for me, it just got a bit stale. I, I I find this a lot with Ubisoft titles. It's the same problem that I have sometimes with Assassin's Creed. That it, sometimes when you, I get, the, there's so much stuff to do in the world that I get sucked away to do that and I lose, the story loses all momentum. That's what happened with me with Mortal's Phoenix Rising. I still think it's a very good game. Like, it was just... Yeah, I, I had other things pulling me away as well. I have commitment issues. Well, yeah, it goes, yeah, it goes back to what we said, <laughs> yeah. Um, Your back catalogue, personally, man. I personally prefer, I like the idea that they are exploring other cultures. Because mm-hmm. I think it can set a precedence that every Immortals game will be in a different, a different area, exploring a different culture. And I think that could be quite interesting to learn. But I think you um, come down the other way where you prefer a direct sequel. Well, yeah, it was because in, in Immortals Phoenix Rising, for those who've played it, it focuses on four of the main Greek gods. You've got Zeus over the top, but it, it's got like um, Ares and a couple of others. Um, oh, it's not Prometheus. Who's the one who makes all the industrial weapon things? I can't think of his uh, name I now. Either way, yeah, they're, they're all in there, um, a couple of the Greek gods, and it kind of teases more in the DLC regarding um, Hades and... Either way, the, then the second DLC randomly pivoted and focused on Chinese mythology, and we had a, a different protagonist in a different world in a different era. And then the third DLC was a top-down puzzle game, which confused the hell out of me as well. It, sent, it seemed like Immortals was very much the Ubisoft teams experimenting in anything and everything, and what they got out of it was a really fun art style, but it teased more gods, more mythology, and more, more exploration. I was looking forward to that. So I personally would love a direct sequel with the same protagonist because I think Phoenix was a great character and the banter between Zeus and um, Prometheus was fantastic. Um, but yeah, going, going back to that, I'm, I'll, I'm also happy with a spin-off. I'd love to explore like Hawaiian Polynesia and Aztec empires. Oh, cool. and Similar with Assassin's Creed, we said on last week's um, 
talking the PS, I think, regarding that franchise. Like, I love the history and the culture and the mythology. Valhalla, Vikings, Romans, Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, Greece. Like, that, I live for that kind of stuff. So seeing it in a more fun, cartoony aesthetic, it, it does it for me. It ticks them boxes. And Immortals was like a, a nice, happy surprise when I played it. Uh, but you know what? More games better. And I think Ubisoft are good to not put all their eggs in a Tom Clancy basket. And let's face it, this is their first new IP they've put out in a long time, and it did well for them. So it was clearly received well enough that they're going to keep going with it. Yeah, I mean, I think if you've got a strong IP, you can do quite a lot of different stuff with it, which is why I kind of hope maybe the, you will get a Phoenix Rising 2, mm-hmm. and you will get this Polynesian spin-off. I think both can work. Yep. Um, I don't see any reason why... One one franchise does not necessarily have to be completely locked to one style of game or one setting. Like, yeah, you could do more. You could do more stuff. With it. I mean, we've been crying out for Assassin's Creed to spin off a pirate to a pirate game. <laughs> wow, that, single player story driven. Yeah, if we know Skull and Bones so, exists. But. Plenty of stuff to happen, and uh, yeah, we'll probably have to wait quite a while. I think twenty twenty five is this team's next rumored date. You've got to imagine they did Odyssey. Then they did Immortals, and then after Immortals, you've got to imagine they needed to pivot back to an Assassin's Creed game. I wouldn't be surprised if Infinity is being worked on by the Odyssey team, uh, just based on like cycles of development and stuff and the way those studios work. So that, in turn, would mean we wouldn't see the next Immortals game until after Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is going to get its... Uh, Infinity when it gets its reveal later in September at the forward. Um, but rounding out the Ubisoft news, um, we also found out that Roller Champions, which we know is coming to Google Stadia, uh, season two uh, got a confirmation as part of the uh, kind of the press release schedule that they drop at these um, these uh, financial checks and uh, Stadia, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PC, and PlayStation Four are listed in there as well. So we might see Roller Champions bef- before the end of September. Um, which seems about right. It, it came out a few weeks ago now, and uh, we knew the Stadia and Luna versions were coming later. Which I guess September's a little bit later, right? Uh, quite frankly, unfortunately, I think Roller Champions is one of them free-to-play Ubisoft things that's probably just going to be faded away. I don't think it landed that well. I've heard nobody talking. I've seen nobody talking about it across social media on any platform, and that doesn't that doesn't bode well. I think for us, we've been we've been um, talking about potentially when Skull and Bones drops, open up our Ubisoft Plus accounts again. That might be a stream. Uh, it's free we'll, for all the champions, so oh, it's completely yeah, free. yeah, it's free to play right. as far as I'm aware. All right, so, yeah, you might get stream. We might get a stream out of it at some point then. So either way, um, the next season pass is due to drop on August 16th. So in and around August 16th, so about 20 or 20 25 days, you got to wait. Um, we shall see. Uh, but Ubisoft doing some big things, whether it's for better or for worse, they've cancelled some projects, they're working on stuff. Um, can it be good or bad for Stadia? Who knows? Go check out this week's episode of Cloud Quest, and our members get it six days early. Um, moving on, though, uh, Saints Row has gone gold, which means the game has been finished and it's ready to be printed onto its discs for those who are buying physical media out there, of course. Not in the cloud, however, we will get the patched day one version on August 23rd when it launches. Uh, The game is out there getting some plaudits from early press previews on how good the new engine looks over at Volition. Uh, Probably it's undoubtedly going to be the best Saints Row game we've ever had in terms of visuals. Obviously, they're getting away from that cartoon aesthetic and they've gone for a more realistic approach. And uh, yeah, as it it creeps closer, I can see the Stadia community getting excited for this particular version of the game. Uh, The Boss Factory content is still out there on other platforms to check out. And uh, yeah, I hope they go big on the marketing for this one because we were saying on the PlayStation podcast, Richie, that it's uh, it's coming out at a quiet period. Obviously, it's a quiet period on Stadia full stop. However, in terms of the wider gaming universe, there's not much due out uh, middle of August. So it could do really, really well for Saints Row. Yeah, could be. Um, I think with it going gold, that I, that doesn't mean as much now for me as no. things used to. Back in the days before everything you expected day one patch was just the norm, a game going gold meant something because you usually didn't get your games patched ever. So that's what you get. Once it once it's printed, that's the game. End of story. Where now, I mean, this the 1.0 version, I bet very few people actually play because as soon as they put the disc in the drive, they'll get a day one patch. 20 gig patch. So, but it is, it's promising that it going gold for me now just means, yeah, we've locked in our release date. 
Yeah. Well, it was originally scheduled for February as well, so they've had a good yeah. couple more months. So it's no surprise that it's gone gold a little bit earlier than than August. I mean, to be fair, August the, the release date is less than a month away. Yeah. So it's about the right time frame for it to go gold. So yeah, a couple of polishes, a couple of patches, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have four weeks until this game releases. So not long at all till you get the ne- your second AAA game of 2022. Um, moving on though. To our next story, uh, this one's from over on Twitter. Uh, Stephen Frost, the head of production over at Eclipse Games. Um, for those who don't know who Eclipse Games are, uh, they are the uh, makers of a lot of the classic arcade collections. So you may have seen the Samurai Showdown collection, the Street Fighter collection, the Disney classic Aladdin and Lion King remakes. That ca- oh, not remakes, I guess they are just collection classics. And more recently, uh, due out soon, is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga collection. Uh, bringing together all of the the older titles, uh, and over on Twitter, um, Yaya Osmar tweeted at Stephen Frost, who is the head of production, and uh, asked, "Hey Stephen, I know this is a stupid question. Any chances Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles or more Digital Eclipse releases show up on Stadia?" Um, in brackets with uh, PC crossover. Uh, the community is really small, but Konami already doing business with them. Chance we can get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Collection down the line. Uh, to which Stephen replied, saying, We have no current plans for the Cowabunga Collection to release on Stadia, but who knows? If the collection sells well, Konami may want to pursue stuff like that. We are talking with the folks about Stadia in general, though, so you might see some stuff from us show up there in the future. So, a bit of positive social media experience coming uh, from Stephen Frost there, again, from Eclipse Games. Uh, quite high up there, so it's positive to see. Uh, even if we're not getting the Cowabunga collection, the fact that he's actively open about saying, well, we are in talks with Stadia about possibly seeing other things, and with the low-porting tools out there, these are the kind of conversations I'd, I'd hope are happening from pretty much most developers. Yeah, I think with it being um, to him saying talking in general... That means they're just exploring, probably exploring what that relationship could be, what potential games they want to bring, bring over that 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 kind of thing, rather than going, it's this game. Mm-hmm. They probably haven't settled on that. Yeah, and Eclipse Games, of course, their focus, their bread and butter, seems to be in old school side-scrolling action games, and I think they translate to Stadia so well because of the nature of playing on any device. If you take Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Disney arcade classics and put them on a, a Razer Kishi or a mobile phone with touch input, you generally only have left, right, up, down, and then maybe attack or block or kick. So I think the games lend themselves very well to a to a cloud port because of the nature of the accessibility. And if you take these yeah. collections and put them out there in the cloud, then I think it's a, the big audience you're potentially reaching. And I'd, uh, yeah, the, obviously the Shredder's Revenge games done so well, but I think that might be a bit too soon. The Cowabunga collection, clearly a bit too soon. But uh, some of the older games they've released over the last couple of years is the Blizzard collection as well. Uh, the they're probably, they're probably not making that like... much money elsewhere, so why not port them? If you've got the low porting tools there and it's an easy, it's an easy switch, get on it. They've got, they've got the SNK collection as well, which are very prolific in the arcades. Mm-hmm. And so that could be one. Yeah, good selection of games, potentially en route. Uh, just like we've also got confirmation, our good friend John Scar... Um, over at Foscar underscore gaming. Uh, there's also a tweet out a screenshot from uh, the Calico game. We know the one with the little cute cats where you run a um, it's like a cafe, I think, alongside cats. Yeah. Looked very yeah. trippy when we covered it uh, initially when it got uh, its trailer their Twitter, release. Mm-hmm. Their Twitter, their, literally the name is Calico. Magical girls running cat cafes. Imagine girls running cat cat cafes. Magical. Oh, magical. If magical I said imagine girls. girls, I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, have your pick of the litter when it comes to Calico. This may even do really well off the back of Stray's success. It seems like everyone's all about Elgato's at the moment. Um, so yes, it's out there. The uh, version 2.0 of Calico is launching very soon. The Pawsome Edition update includes cooking mini-games, new animals to befriend, and much, much more. Uh, however, in the little press pack release, they stated that the um, the popular life sim on PlayStation 4 and 5 is coming soon, as well as Google Stadia. So it looks like Stadia will get the launch in line with the uh, PlayStation releases as well, um, which is uh, good. Shouldn't be too long at all. No date on it as of yet. However, it seems like it's on the horizon. Um, this strikes me as one of the games we'll see as our pro library 
if I'm honest. Yeah. It's got that kind of art style, indie, a little bit cheaper in terms of probably launch price. And let's face it, next week we're probably going to get our pro games for August. So, what do we think? Yeah, I think it's just, it seems like a lock for um, a pro game. Uh, it's, on, it's on Steam at the moment, £9.29. Yeah, that's, that's pro all over. Review, pro, review very positive, actually. What's it got at the moment? So, yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at the Steam reviews and it's literally very positive. I mean, to be fair, the trailer I'm watching right now shows a girl with an elephant hat on running down the street while a cat's doing backflips chasing her. And then there's another one where she's riding down the stream on the back of a giant cat. And uh, now there's one that's doing a literal Katamari re-roll on the top of a giant inflated round cat. And this game, I think we said it when we first saw the trailer, it's so trippy... You probably just get lost in the whimsical well. Like, forget running a cafe. It looks like there's many adventures to be had. Now she's on a broom. I, I've just scrolled down the page to look look at some reviews, and I hovered on the system requirements on the Steam version for briefly. Take a guess what the minimum OS is. Windows XP. Close Vista. Oh, I was, just, I was surprised. Like, wow, Vista has a minimum requirement. Wow, Vista. This game will run on, on a potato. If you're out there rocking Windows Vista. Shout out to you. I have a, a soft place in my heart for Windows Vista because it was the first proper PC I had for myself where it wasn't like a crappy laptop or my dad's old work PC or something. It was like it was my own PC. And did I take a day off school to, to play? I did because it came with Age of Empires 3. Brand nice. new brand new out of the box and I got to set it all up and I played it all day long. And then my mum got in from ho- from work and was like, have you been to school today? <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> of course I have. See, I, with Vista for me is like I think we were too young to realize how bad it was. Um, it was just like all the bugs and the crashes and stuff. That was not that's what PCs do. Yeah, I just I just like the fact that you could finally edit the toolbar into like semi-translucent modern like shapes and colors. Like the fact that the you know what I mean. Like the color palette just popped a little bit more than than the rest of it. New background wallpapers. I mean, at the time, I literally probably used it for Age of Empires. Uh, MSN, MSN, Rollercoaster Tycoon, and 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 the sort, but yeah, shout out to Windows Vista. Uh, Windows is it Windows twelve or thirteen that's on the horizon? Anyway, we digress. I'll tell you what is on the horizon, Richie. Destiny two is always churning out the content, and uh, Bungie this past week have teased um, a new showcase coming. So as part of their uh, the final kind of ten year plan wind down for for Destiny two, they tweeted out saying, "Witness what's next, August twenty third, twenty twenty two." So they're going to shit all over Saints Row's launch parade by announcing the next big thing in the Destiny Lightfall expansion. Uh, This will be Destiny 2's penultimate expansion coming between this year's Witch Queen and the game's final expansion, The Final Shape. Uh, Bungie previously confirmed the latter will will bring Destiny's light and darkness saga to a close. So we don't know whether this means there's new content following from that, or alternatively there's a new title in the works over at Bungie, of course. Recently finalised deal uh, from PlayStation, they're now fully part of the PlayStation family. So tune in for August 23rd to see what the next step is in the Destiny saga. We'll see what that is. And then, uh, rounding out the show this week, just uh, two short stories. Uh, Story number one, uh, Shaka, the community manager for Google Stadia, of course. You all know who she is, the wonderful Shaka. Um, It seems as though she's had a bit of an internal promotion. So tweeting out... Uh, from her official at Princessology uh, Twitter account, um, she says, and I quote, I started at Google Stadia as a social media manager last year, and as of this week, I'm now taking lead on all things consumer marketing, including, of course, social, brand management, GTM, XFN partnerships, and the world, pretty much. Uh, she then goes on to subtweet and says, it's quite literally a bespoke role that was created just for me, and I'm very excited to expand my scope beyond social steer additional channels grow new muscles and continue to remind you all that marketing does not have the power to bring games to the platform sorry uh, as part as my part-time spiritual life coach cardi b once said you've got a girl who can finally do it all drop an album drop a baby and never drop the ball so congratulations to you shaka out there uh, and living your best life and it looks like you've uh, expanded uh, your skill set and we can't wait to see what you bring to the consumer marketing team with all these new partnerships of brand management um Congratulations. Congratulations. Making big moves, stepping forward, and uh, yes, we'd love to have you on the show, if you're listening, if you're watching. Um, We obviously had a great relationship with Grace back in the day. Chris is now gone, so Shaka, you are our one point of contact. 
for all things Google Stadia. So yeah, uh, do let us know. We won't talk about Stadia either. We just talk about rollerblading and gaming if you want. Um, but shout that. And the final story of the week, Richie, brings us to just a fun little one to end the show. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, of course, he is on Google Stadia, represented in the Tokyo Olympic game uh, as a mascot, a guy in a Sonic suit. Uh, but we wanted to throw this one. I know you added it into the doc because uh, it, it's hilarious. This is funny. <laughs> yeah. If you head over to the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account um, this past week, you'll have noticed they tweeted out uh, a picture of the titular character, Sonic the Hedgehog, just in a green hill zone backdrop. Randomly saying, actually, you know what? I'll share my screen for this. I did. Uh, I do want to set this up. So here we go. Uh, on Twitter, Sonic the Hedgehog, for every 5,000 likes, Sonic's legs will grow. How tall can he get? question mark and then let's just work our way through this tweet together Richie so if yeah. we scroll down um, you'll notice time of recording there's like 245,000 likes yeah so remember for every 5,000 likes his legs will grow so yes at 20 245,000 uh, let's go on a little adventure through the green hill zone uh, first one there you'll see legs are a little bit longer kind of not as bad as the, the movie iteration that was first put out, Ugly Sonic. Uh, let's keep going. Getting Slanky longer. Sonic. Langy Sonic. Going longer. And he's no longer on screen because uh, his legs are so long. And then they've now zoomed out a little bit. So Sonic can be seen stood almost as tall as a tree in Green Hill Zone. Uh, going on, he's now taller than the tree. He's now gone beyond the scope of the treescape. He's now off screen again. He's now into the sky, towering over rock faces <laughs> and landscape alike. Uh, he's now beyond the sight of the island. He's now literally a beacon of hope out there in the Emerald Hill Zone. Uh, he keeps going, keeps going. He's now gone off screen again. Uh, he's now outside of the stratosphere of the planet. <laughs> Hopefully he's got some breathing apparatus up there. Can hedgehogs breathe in space, Richie? Well, Sonic appears to be able to. He appears to be able to. Actually, a little side note. I found a hedgehog in my garden last night, and he tried to get away from me and try to squeeze under the fence, and he got stuck, and his little butt was there, wiggling Chuck around. Some emerald. Yeah, chuck some emeralds at him, see if he goes super. I, I don't want to power him up. He'll, he'll break through my shed. <laughs> uh, but back to our tweets. Sonic's now in outer space, completely past um, our atmosphere. He's getting taller. He's now gone. He's off screen. He's, he's gone out in a solar space. They then pan to a different angle, showing two of his uh, fellow... Clearly a screenshot from one of the games. Oh yeah, screenshot from one of the games on a spaceship. See Sonic outside in the world. Outside the space, I should say, zooming past. Keeps going, keeps going. He's out there, he's out there. Uh, he's now off screen, he's gone light years past them now. He's, he's now encountered the moon. Sonic has reached the moon, his legs have grown that much. Uh, he's then destroyed the moon, he's absolutely smashed through, <laughs> through it. This is the uh, some sci-fi level stuff now. And then, unfortunately, the tweet thread ends with a picture of the... Um, it's the backdrops from that solar system, right? It's the one they got from the telescope recently, which is the biggest, most detailed yeah. image we've ever seen of, of our galaxy and universe out there, uh, with a picture, of, <laughs> a picture of Tails, and it says, End. And to quote that tweet, they've said, uh, Stopping this now before Sonic destroys everything. Thanks, everyone. Uh, this tweet, Richie, hilarious as it is, it just got out of hand, right? Yeah, it got out of hand. I think they probably expect, oh, we'll get a couple of thousands, we'll do a bit of photoshopping, and they're just like, you know what, whoever was running the Twitter account for Sonic the Hedgehog that day, he had a great time at work that day, didn't they? They did, they did have a fantastic time, yeah. and uh, yeah, I thought a nice little fun one to end on, the Sonic Twitter account always having a laugh out there, um, they never take themselves too seriously, and uh, you've, you love to see it, you love to see it, hopefully... In the news, in the light, Richie, of all these AAA games coming to the platform, we'll uh, we'll maybe see some genuine Sonic the Hedgehog titles come over. Yeah, will I mean, will um, Lanky Sonic be DLC for Sonic Frontiers? He might be. Will we see Sonic Frontiers on Google Stadia? You never know. In the crazy world we live in now, of three, four, five AAA titles confirmed and coming, anything can happen. Give me Sonic Origins, please. Give me Sonic Frontiers. I'll take that at this point. Give me Sonic Mania, in fact. That is all we have time for on this week's Sounds of Stadia podcast, episode number 148 of your weekly Stadia podcast, where we round up all of the Stadia and cloud gaming news for your listening or viewing pleasure right here on youtube.com forward slash Hades Cloud Games. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to click like, click that bell, click that subscribe icon, so you're kept in the loop with all of the amazing content we do, like our live streams, our first looks, our Let's Plays, and our Cloud Quest and PlayStation podcasts because we've got loads of juicy content. We've got lots of stuff planned for the rest of the channel. Uh, tune in this Thursday while we dive in and play another game 
in the clouds with you, the wonderful community out there. And one final shout out to our wonderful Helix Heroes, the members who support us that extra little bit further from as little as 99 pence on the entry level tier. You get access to Cloud Quest right now. It's available right now. So if you can't wait till free feeds on Friday, check it out. It's going to be a great episode. Uh, Richie, where can people yep. find you? At RichieC89. And you can find me at CyberChris2077. We've been Hades Cloud Games. And remember, folks, play whatever makes you the happiest. Take care, have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Try not to crash into the moon when your legs grow exponentially. Exponentially. Mm-hmm.